the Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. Amen. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same spirit that he gave us, when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I? that I could hinder God. When they heard this, they were silent, and they praised God, saying, Then God has given even the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. I'll be honest with you all, I don't even have a title to this text. That's all right. Matter of fact, just let God do it. That, that's what we'll put on that. We'll, we'll tag the toe of this text. We'll just let God do it. All right. All right. Now, I, I've already given you three revelations uh, for the attributes or actions of God, but just so I'm clear, allow me to repeat them. God is inclusive. God is a provider. Yes. And God is in control. Yeah. Perhaps because we don't have microphone, I need to say it one more time, just for those in virtual land. Beloved, God is inclusive. God is a provider. And God is in control. Yes. I need to tell you all that that is my whole sermon. Now, if you want to stop the live right now, close your Bibles and tune out right now, I understand. <laughs> But if you just stick with me for a minute and lean in, I want to have, as my big brother Mustafa Santiago Ali would say, some real talk. I believe that these three attributes or actions of God help, help to provide us with tools for unifying and expanding the church and its mission. In our text, we find Peter rejoining his fellowship after, after coming back from Caesarea at the home of Cornelius, the, the Roman centurion. Uh, this is not to be glossed over. Cornelius is, a, is not a Jew. He is a Roman. Not only is he a Roman, but he is a commander of the Roman military. Let me see if I can put that in context. I'm a part of the movement for black lives, where we say black lives matter. And one of the uh, tenets of uh, movement for black lives is defunding the police. Now, it would look funny for me to have one of the commanders of the Birmingham Police Department come and have dinner in his, uh, for me to go to their house and have dinner with them, knowing that I hold this banner. Black Lives Matter, defund the police. This is the same that Jews had when it came down to Gentiles. There was no intermingling, no intermarrying. There was no exchange, if you will, of communication. 
communication between the two. They were pitted against each other, if you will, and they just didn't get along. It was just no interaction between them. And, and not only is this man a, a Roman, but he's a commander uh, of the Roman military. In other words, he had some clout. <laughs> Peter was given a vision and instruction that he was to go and spend some time in the home of Cornelius and share the good news with them. God prepared the heart of Cornelius and Peter, uh, Peter prior to the encounter. When Peter gets to the house, he finds that Cornelius has brought uh, together the entire house and even invited some friends. In essence, Peter was invited to a revival where he was the guest preacher. Peter preached a prepared message for prepared people and everybody in the house was saved. After accepting the Christ, they received the Holy Spirit. Peter has experienced this scene. He was a part of this scenario. In, in fact, he was the instrument that God used to make this happen. This non-diasporate Jew was used by God to bring a message of salvation to these uncircumcised Gentiles. And God moved miraculously and manifested what God prepared Peter for. No doubt, Peter is feeling good as he returns to his fellowship. When he gets to his fellow circumcised brothers, they start questioning Peter about what happened. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm wrong. As we say in the South, but I'm lying, I'm lying. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They, they didn't question him about what happened. No, no. If you read your text, it says that they criticized Peter about the company that he was keeping. And they criticized him about where he died and who he had died with. There was no question about the salvific actions of God. There was no concern about God's actions at all. They missed seeing that God was expanding their ministry because they developed these exclusionary boundaries that dictated God's actions. Mm -hmm. Beloved, God is inclusive. Yes. We got to accept that. Yes, yes, yes. I've lived and have been around God long enough now to see that God, that you can't predict who God accepts and how God accepts them. We can't predict who God uses and how God uses them. I've been around long enough now to understand that God will use who God wants to use and God will do what God wants to do. Our problem is that we try to dictate what God can do. We have formed these exclusive clubs that have produced cookie-cutter Christians. We dictate what God is up to based on our biases and agendas. If we are against it, God must be against it. If we are for it, God must be for it. If we are against them, God must be against them. And if we are for them, then God must before them. We miss many precious moments and benefits based on our own thoughts and perceptions. 
about who God is and what God wants. God is trying to get us to expand our outlook of care. In this text, God is confronting our exclusiveness and saying that it is antithetical to God's kingdom. It includes, God's kingdom includes all creation. God is not an exclusive God. God's kingdom is boundless. It has no, no boundaries. God accepts all and we must accept what God accepts. Peter gets back to the to the circumcised party. They, they, they try to shame Peter for hanging out with uncircumcised people. Peter starts making his defense by retelling the story of what happened. I love the fact that we don't see Peter going back and forth with his fellowship. We don't see Peter debating with his fellowship. We don't see him arguing with his fellowship. He simply starts telling the story. Hmm. Can I pause parenthetically right here? Hmm. Listen, whatever we do, yes. don't stop telling the story. <laughs> Peter retold the story to Cornelius and his whole household received salvation. Peter is retelling the story now and his fellowship will rejoice. Whatever you do, don't stop telling the story. Can I go ahead and tell your church, tell the story. Tell the story of God's salvation through yes, Jesus Christ. Yes. Tell the story of God righting wrong by raising Jesus from the grave. Tell the story that concludes with all death where he is, your sting. All grave where he is, your victory. Tell the story of salvation. Tell the story of redemption. Whatever you do, tell the story. Peter retells the, the story. And Peter retelling the story, he reminds us that God is the orchestrator of this whole thing. Yes. He tells his fellowship that he was minding his business in prayer. He said it got deep to him, y'all. And before he knew it, God was showing him what God's inclusive community looks like. During my studies, y'all, I, I read scholars discuss Peter's rebuke of God's menu. Uh, uh, Peter's reply when shown the provisions of God was, God, this ain't how I get down. <laughs> he said, nothing unclean or common has ever entered my mouth. Peter was dogmatic in his religious piety. He was dogmatic in his religious piety. Y'all, what I missed in the text and what I missed in the commentators, uh, 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 and I'll even say what Peter might have missed, and, 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 and I want to say what we even missed. Mm -hmm. Beloved, God shows Peter this big spread and tells him to get up, kill, and eat. Peter sees all this stuff on this table. It, it's a little of this and a little of that. God, God tells Peter, get up and eat. Get up, kill, and eat. It's all right there together. What the text doesn't say is that there was nothing else on that table for Peter to eat. 
Here's what I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and tell you all. I believe that Peter was so blinded by his religious piety that he couldn't see what God was providing for him. Not only what God was providing for him, but what God was providing for everybody else with this prayer on the table. The text doesn't say that there was nothing or anything that Peter couldn't eat. It simply says that Peter saw what was unclean and common. In other words, Peter is trying to control what God has on God's menu. Peter's trying to dictate how God's supposed to move based on pre-Peter's own biases. Y'all will get that when you get it, it, it says that that's all that Peter saw. I, I need y'all to know, beloved, God is a provider. Yes. It's up for us to enjoy. Yes. The reason why there was so much variety is because God was providing for more than just Peter. Today, God is still doing what God does, and we're still doing like Peter. We can't enjoy the provisions of God because we're too busy looking at what God is doing for us. Right. God is saying, enjoy what you have. Right. The, the, the other day, y'all, uh, matter of fact, it was Friday. We went to, uh, to visit this community, and, and we were visiting with community members in New Bern, Alabama. When we got ready to leave, we stopped at a restaurant and, and that was serving some Mexican cuisine. First, uh, let me tell you that they had fajitas and they had margaritas and they were delicious. <laughs> and, and I need to tell you all that it was well deserved after I had been fighting white supremacy all day long. I felt like I needed to go on and enjoy that. The second thing that I need to tell you all is that this menu was exhaustive. They had some of everything on the menu. I, I looked at the menu and I, I could have found myself overwhelmed. However, I knew, sister, I wanted me some fajitas and some margaritas. When I looked around the restaurant, everyone had something different. And everyone was enjoying what they ordered off the menu. Uh, I was able to enjoy my fajitas and my margaritas because they had my fajitas and my margaritas on the menu. Y'all listening. It didn't matter what was on, else was on the menu. It didn't matter what else was on the table. All I wanted was what I wanted. And God had just what I
Don't get alarmed by what's on the menu. You find out what it is that you should be eating and mm. you enjoy that. Mm. Peter says to the entire house, that the entire household was saved because God made out the menu. Hmm. God wasn't expecting this one to be like that one. God wasn't expecting that one to be like this one. God provided something for everybody. And here's the kicker. They're all at the same meal, at the same table, at the same time, and God had something special for each one of us. Isn't it just like God? Has God ever done something for you that God just customized? Nobody else could fit that thing but you. It couldn't work out better for you. Somebody else can do the same thing that you've been through. And they didn't come out for such a God. Cornelius household salvation and he lets the, his fellowship know that it is God who is in control. Right. He asked if then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I that I could hinder God? Yes. In other words, he says God is in control. You better allow it. Yes. <laughs> Here's the problem. The circumcised had placed a mandate on God's salvation by saying in order to receive God's salvation, you got to be like us. Mm -hmm. In this text, God is showing us that God is sovereign. God can do what God wills to do. When God wills to do it, Peter has come to understand this concept. Peter sees that God has given them the same gifts that God gave to the others at their beginning. I'm going to say that again. Mm -hmm. Peter sees that God gave these uncircumcised Gentiles the same gift of the Holy Spirit that he gave the Jews at their beginning. Y'all, y'all, can get together. Uh, can I tell you that I, I think uh, herein lies our issue with others in our walk? We tend to forget that we got to begin. Real, we, we tend to forget we got to begin. You, you weren't always who you are. That was a time when. There might not be anyone in virtual land, but there might be two or three in here that can remember when. If, do I have any remember when? You remember when? That was a time when. That was a time when you would have done. That was a time when you would have said. That was a time when they would have found you. There was a time. And welcoming of others is that I remember when. I remember when I had no consciousness about creation or community. Mm -hmm. There was a time when I could overlook injustice because I wasn't being treated unjustly. There was a time when I could ride by polluted communities because I could breathe. 
There was a time when I overlooked discrimination of LGBTQIA neighbors because I wasn't LGBTQIA. Now I remember when. I can rejoice because I remember when. I can love because I can remember when. I can laugh because I remember when. I can fight because I remember when. When you remember when, it humbles you and gives you gratitude. It also helps you to encourage others. When you remember when, it helps you to realize that God is Limitless. Yes. Hallelujah. If God did it before. Yes. Hallelujah. God can. I'm trying to find out if I got any other preachers in the house besides me. If God did it before, God can do it. God can do it again. God is in control. Allow God to be in control. We've decided ourselves, or we've deceived ourselves into believing that we can control outcomes. That's right. The reason why there's voter suppression is because we think we can control outcomes. Yes. The reason why there's a push to control somebody else's body is because we think we can control outcomes. The reason we are polluting and heating our planet with no regard is because we think we can control Outcomes. Let me see if I can't be more local. The reason that we think we can be exclusionary in our communities yes. of faith is yes. because we yes. think that we can control outcomes. Beloved, mm. Peter understood that he was not in control of his outcomes. God is. Yeah. The reason that Peter could tell the story and not go back and forth with his fellowship because is because Peter knew that God was in control of the outcome. Peter had his instructions. His instructions didn't, didn't include controlling the outcome. Peter's job was to tell the story. Yes. I'm so glad that we've got a God that's in control that doesn't leave all the other parts up to us. We simply have one, one job to do, baby. Just one job to do, beloved. Just one job. Tell your story. You tell your story of how God delivered you. You tell your story of how God blessed you. You tell your story of how God redeemed you. You tell, tell your story and God will do the rest. When heart connects to heart and mind connects to mind and spirit connects to spirit, you can't dictate the outcome. All you can do is tell your I'm trying to find out if there's anybody else in here besides me that's willing to tell your story. I'm going to tell my story no matter where I go. Ah, Peter had his instructions. Yes. His instructions didn't include controlling the outcome. Yes. Peter's job was simply to tell the story. God yes. is in control. Yes, right? it is. God knows how it will turn out. Yes, hallelujah. I'm grateful that I serve a God that's inclusive. Yes. Therefore, I can 
look out over the landscape of creation. Yes. And see that God has included more than my centric circle or my ideal of salvation. I can enjoy the provisions of God without yes. becoming overwhelmed because hmm. I know that it's something for me. Amen. And lastly, yes. I can rest and relax <laughs> knowing that God is in control. Yes. All right. I don't need to, I don't feel a need to control the outcomes. Yes. I simply feel the need to exercise my faith by telling the story that God is in control. Beloved, let God do it. You don't have to do it for yourself. Let God do it. Hallelujah. You don't have to convince anybody of anything. Let God do it. You don't have to make folks feel and make folks believe. And let God do that for you. Just tell. Tell your story. Your story is going to bring joy to somebody else's heart. Tell your story. Your story is going to help change somebody's mind. Tell your story. Your story will help restore love in somebody's soul. Tell your story. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And let God do the rest. Thank you, God. The word of God. Yes. For the people of God. Yes. And thanks be to God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.